Welcome to this edition of the AdLaw Access Podcast. I am Paul Singer. I am the co-chair of the State Attorneys General Practice here at Kelly Dry and Warren. I'm joined today by Beth Chun, who is senior associate in our practice group as well. We're going to talk today about some important updates that have happened in the State Attorneys General continued fight against so-called big tech companies. And, and really, when we talk about big tech, right, we're talking about all of the major internet companies that are out there. The, the AGs have made no secret that they are on their radar for a variety of consumer protection and antitrust potential violations that they have been investigating and in some cases litigating. A lot happened over the summer on some of these cases, and so we wanted to just get everyone up to speed on some important developments. First up, we're going to talk about the multi-state Google ad tech litigation. This is litigation that was brought by a coalition of 17 states and led by Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton against Google. The litigation started in December of 2020 and has continued on since that time. This is a case that is essentially about Google's dominance in the ad tech, entire ad tech infrastructure. So Google maintains a large presence throughout every aspect of the ad tech industry. And so Paxton and the other states um, involved in that litigation have alleged that that dominance in the marketplace is in violation of state and federal antitrust laws. Over the summer, the court that's, that's hearing the case, which is now in New York, the case was actually brought in in Texas and then transferred to an MDL out of New York. That court heard Google's motion to dismiss and largely denied the, the motion with the exception of one claim. General Paxton and the other states declared a major victory in, in this step in the litigation. They will continue on with, with most of their claims. Interestingly, the one claim that, that was dismissed was one that got a, le- a lot of media attention when it was first brought. It's a claim involving uh, alleged relationship with Facebook, at, which would have given Facebook certain preference in the ad tech marketplace. The court decided there was there was no violation of, of law with that particular agreement. However, it's worth noting that that relationship, largely because of the, the publicity around the, the filing by the states, that relationship is, is still under investigation in uh, European countries right now. And so, you know, I, I think more will come from, from that particular claim. Next up, we're going to talk about a California-brought lawsuit against Amazon. In September, Attorney General Rob Bonta sued Amazon, alleging dominance in the um, online seller marketplace um, in violation of California's unfair competition law. The, The basic claim here is that Amazon has contracts with its merchants that have heavy restrictions on those merchants' ability to sell their goods on other platforms, particularly at a lower price than Amazon. So if a merchant were to sell an item on a different platform for less than it was selling on Amazon, a series of stiff penalties would apply, which basically, because of Amazon's dominance and because of these restrictions, the the allegation is that that restricts the the seller from really effectively being able to to sell through, through other platforms. While this case has just kicked off and is and is underway, it's worth noting that the allegations are very similar to those that 
were brought by the District of Columbia Attorney General Carl Racine. That case was dismissed early in 2022, but AG Racine has since filed a notice of appeal in August, and so we'll see if that case continues as well. Beth, do you want to talk about Arizona's settlement with Google? All right. So thanks, Paul. So very recently in October, Arizona Attorney General Brnovich settled a 2020 lawsuit about Google's geolocation tracking. And that suit was was interesting because it was one of the hot topics of dark patterns was alleged by by the AG's office, which Paul, as you know, you and Jessica have blogged about that in the past. What Arizona had alleged with those those uh, so-called dark patterns was that it was difficult for consumers to actually get the location tracking settings to turn off on uh, using Google, and that even when they did turn those settings off, they were still able to track a user's location. So Google um, settled with the Arizona AG's office for $85 million in this settlement, which interestingly, $5 million was directed for educational purposes for a payment to a bipartisan association or forum of state attorney generals. And that uh, is intended to kind of provide education to state AGs. That was pretty um, interesting because we've uh, recently blogged about uh, criticism of that office and other AG's offices regarding the National Association of Attorneys General. The settlement uh, has a high dollar amount, um, and the Arizona AG's office has pointed out that it's actually the highest per capita settlement against Google for consumer protection privacy violations in the past. And one thing that makes it even more interesting as far as the dollar figure is that there's actually several other states, including Texas, Indiana, Washington State, and Washington, D.C., who have all sued Google over similar issues with geolocation tracking. So, um, Paul, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the content moderation legal fights that have been going on. Sure. Thanks, Beth. Beth, you and I have talked about this topic in the past as well and, and blogged about it. And, and really, we could spend an entire podcast talking about these content moderation laws, but we'll try to, to provide just a brief recap and, and snapshot of what's happening right now. Just as a recap, Texas and Florida both passed laws that are specifically designed to regulate large social media companies, really just the handful of biggest players in this space. The Florida law is designed to ensure that those platforms cannot deplatform a political figure so that to ensure that all political candidates um, have access to those, those social media platforms. The Texas law is a little broader and just broadly prohibits content moderation that's based on viewpoint. Both of these laws were very quickly challenged as unconstitutional in violation of of the First Amendment, the the basic theory being that the government cannot compel a private actor to make certain types of speech. And so, you know, as private companies, they asserted we should get to decide who can and can't use our, our platforms. Over the summer, 
both of these laws were taken up in appellate courts. And, and interestingly, we have a split in the circuits as to how they should be treated. In May, the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals found the Florida law to be unconstitutional for, for the exact grounds that, that I just laid out. As private actors, the state shouldn't be in a position to tell companies what they can and can't allow on their platform. However, in the Texas case, the Fifth Circuit reached a, a different conclusion and decided the laws the law there in Texas is constitutional and could be enforced. Instead, choosing to characterize the social media company's conduct as censorship and noting that there's no constitutional right to moderate content. These cases seem destined for the Supreme Court. I think that we're going to get a lot more clarity in the coming months about what how how broad the state's power is to be able to regulate these types of companies and and particularly important what are these social media companies because one of the allegations that the states are is making is that social media companies have effectively reached the point where they've become common carriers a lot like telephone companies and so when you think about the treatment of our telecommunications infrastructure, telecom companies are not allowed to uh, cut off service for certain people, not allowed to pick and choose who can utilize their services. They operate as an independent neutral platform that just allows the content on their on through through their cables. The same arguments being made here to to try to apply to social media companies. And so I think we're going to see a lot of development. Um, on that front from the Supreme Court. When you couple that with the fact that uh, the Supreme Court has already said they're taking up the Gonzalez v. Google case, which deals with the boundaries of Section 230 immunity, I think there's going to be a lot of of impact potentially on the internet as a whole, uh, depending on how these these cases shake out. Beth, do you want to talk about AI for a, a brief minute? Sure, yeah. So I, I think that state AGs have have really become a lot more educated on AI and how it's integrated into daily life and, and technology now. And with that un- better understanding, they are now using their consumer protection authority to look at the ways that businesses are actually using artificial intelligence and in their new technologies and in providing customers with goods and services. And one area where they've been especially looking at with, with artificial intelligence is some of the automated decision-making technology and how it can be used, how it can be potentially biasing. So um, especially Democratic AGs, for example, California AG Bonta, in the summer announced um, an initiative to to examine potential bias in healthcare algorithms and how how that potential bias can affect um, outcomes for consumers. And uh, also this summer, we heard at the NAG presidential initiative from both state AGs and um, the FTC as well, other areas of concern with with artificial intelligence and including privacy implications of the way that their decision making is made and the the collection and the use of the data from all of these different sources and also making sure that consumers and companies fully understand how the technology is working and uh, as well as and like the, the companies making sure they understand any 
intentional or unintentional biases that are that could be occurring on their platforms. That's a very interesting developing arena with the AGs. Uh, Paul, I don't know if you want to close us out. Sure. Um, you know, like I said at the outset, this is just a snapshot of some of the activity over the summer and and in no way is a comprehensive overview of, of all the work that the AGs are doing in, in this space. You know, notably, uh, as an example, the AGs have publicly announced investigations into Meta and TikTok regarding you know the the harm to children from from using in particular Instagram and and then TikTok services that you know can occur and so you know I I think the the point that we really want to emphasize is that this focus is is going to be here to stay for a while I think it is one of the areas that the AGs remain united in trying to figure out what are the right boundaries around these large technology companies that that grew very fast and have become just a, a very strong, important presence in our everyday life. And AGs are going to lead the fight in this front because they are very close to their constituents. And, and obviously, these are issues that the public generally cares about. And so I think you're going to see a lot more to come in this area as we move into 2023. So with that, I will thank you for listening today. Please visit our website at adlawaccess.com where you can get information on other podcasts. You can sign up for the AdLaw Access blog and you can stay up to date on on all things advertising related. And and obviously, Beth and I will keep you up to date on, on any important developments that happen in the state attorney general world. Thank you so much.